You know, it's easier to go to work every day to a job that you hate if everyone else beside you also hates their job and hates their life. But if someone else were out to get out of that little controlled environment and break out and be starting to do something that they love, start to be happy with their job, start to be happy with their life, it's very uncomfortable if you're left unhappy because you have to look at the situation and go, wait a minute. Is it possible for me to do that also? But that requires change and not everyone wants to change, right? Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey, because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. today's episode, we're talking about a topic that I have covered before in previous episodes, but it's a question I get asked so often that I'd like to approach it today from a little bit of a different angle because as far as I'm concerned, every little bit helps when you are trying to figure out what you want to do as a freelancer. And the reason that this episode came about is because I want to acknowledge how difficult it is in this when it comes to choosing something to do as a freelancer, but in so many other areas of life as well. We get so up in our own heads and we can't see the forest for the trees, right? We don't know the possibility of everything that exists out there. So how could we possibly make a choice about what we want to do with our freelance career? Reminds me of being 18, a high school student trying to decide what I wanted to study in university. Now, I had friends, and I'm sure many of us had friends who from a very young age knew exactly what they wanted to do when they grew up. My ex-partner, for example, wanted to be a teacher since he was young. And that was just his thing. He went to school. He studied that. He became a teacher. He's still teaching to this day. Well, I always envied people like that because it was not like that for me at all. I looked at that long list they give you when you're in your high school guidance counselor's office and it's just words on a page. There's all these different potential majors that you can pick and then careers that come out of those majors. But I was 18 and clueless. I really had no idea. I don't know what it meant to be a marketing manager, for example. And I swear to goodness, I picked marketing as my major because it sounded easy. (laughs) That's it. The logic of an 18 year old. I'm going off to college. I don't want something that's too hard. I'll just pick marketing, whatever. It satisfied my dad's requirement that I get a business degree. That was his strong suggestion that if you didn't know what you wanted to do, at least get a business degree because you could always do something with that down the line. That was all the thought that went into it. And so in freelancing, it can be a bit of the same. You are interested in starting up a career, perhaps leaving the career that you have right now and switching over into freelancing. And maybe you don't want to do the same thing that you've been doing day in and day out in your nine to five. But we can only sort of choose things that are within our worldview. And when you haven't been in the freelancing world, your worldview is obviously different. It's smaller. It fits inside a little circle versus the big expansive circle of all the possibilities that exist. So how do you go from that small view to the bigger, more expansive view? Well, there's a couple of ways. This came up the other day when I was in a coaching call with someone from my audience who was interested in 
career changing into freelancing. One of the things I asked her to do was to sit down and write out, really brainstorm and then write out all of the things that she would love to be doing if she didn't have to worry about money. And I'll admit, it sounds cliche, right? If you asked me, hey, if you don't have to worry about money, what are you going to spend your days doing? And it's like, okay, yeah, like sleeping and reading and eating good food and just traveling. It seems impossible to make a career out of that. But that's what I would advise you to do because what you're going to be doing is really narrowing down and getting clear on the things that you love once you take money out of the picture. Once you take the idea of it's impossible to earn a living that way. So I shouldn't even bother putting these things down because that's what our mind will tell you. It'll be like, these are all like hobby things. These are just things that I kind of dabble in. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. We have been told since we we're kids, right? That there's no way to make a living doing the things that we love. Occasionally, we may have had some supportive people along the way or some family member or some teacher, someone who supported us. But the overwhelming majority, I would say, are people who unfortunately just like spend their time telling us why we can't. And it's not necessarily their fault. I feel like they also came from a long history their whole life of people telling them why they can't. It's unfortunately a really sad pattern in our society that we just seem to want to live in a comfort zone bubble, seem to want to live in this area where we have to do the same things. You know, it's easier to go to work every day to a job that you hate if everyone else beside you also hates their job and hates their life. But if someone else were out to get out of that little controlled environment and break out and be starting to do something that they love, start to be happy with their job, start to be happy with their life, it's very uncomfortable if you're left unhappy because you have to look at the situation and go, wait a minute. Is it possible for me to do that also? But that requires change and not everyone wants to change, right? So going back to the brainstorm, think up the types of things that you would be doing if you didn't have to worry about money. If you were independently wealthy, where would your time and energy go? What would you love to be doing even if you didn't get paid to do it? As random as it is, like put down everything. If I were financially independent, completely didn't have to work for the rest of my life. I would still work in lots of different areas because so many different things are fun to me and they wouldn't even seem like work. One of my random things that like I feel like I would love to do, wouldn't even feel like work, is just being a consultant for brands in their brick and mortar spaces and telling them all the things that suck <laughs> about what they've done for the consumer experience. For example, you go into a trendy restaurant and it's got great ambiance and all that, but the bar stools are uncomfortable as hell. And there's like a huge bar and there's probably like 30 of them. And it's like, who the hell designed this? Why isn't this better for the customer experience? Or you've got a bathroom that is super swanky and nicely designed, but you've got to touch the door handle to go out. And it's like, ew, gross. Like nobody ever wants to do that. Or there's no full length mirror in the women's bathroom. I was once in this place. It was such a cool restaurant, like so very cool. But they had like a tiny little just oval. And I know that that fits in with the vibe that they're going for, but it's like women want to check out a reflection. Restaurant was a great place to come for a date, but you go in the bathroom just like squinting in this dim lighting to try and touch up your makeup. It's weird. It's like, who designed this? Was it a dude? Because like, no, this doesn't work well. Anyway, 
that's a random tangent, but like that's such a weird out there thing. And okay, most people aren't going to pay to have that done, but it tells me the direction that I'm leaning. I love to make things more efficient. I love to make things more useful for the end user. I love design that blends beautiful aesthetics with what the customer actually needs, what the client actually needs. I love to look at things with a critical eye of, okay, that is something that is just for beauty only. So it can be used in this scenario, but we also need to meld it with comfort and usability. So those things are in one hand, they'd be something if I was actually doing that out consulting for brands. What it tells me about myself is, okay, yeah, I'm in the right space in many ways as a freelancer because I'm able to do stuff like that for my clients. I'm able to look for the balance between what the company needs on the inside and how we relate that to getting our own systems running well. And so they work for people, but also getting them to work for our customer. I often have to run the balance between clients of them focusing only on what they need internally or focusing fully on the customer and completely forgetting about what their team needs internally. I kind of am the balance between those two. Things have to be well done and work for both sides. Other areas that I enjoy the traveling. I'm well suited to work for my travel clients because even though they may be doing things that are different than my style of travel, if I work for a high-end, very luxury travel type of client, that's not what my day-to-day looks like, but I still know enough about travel and I know enough to really put my heart and soul into my work. So what I did with my coaching client was I had her start to think about some things that she would like to do. And naturally her brain came up against the, well, no one would pay me to do that. Well, fair enough. In the beginning, it can seem like that. But the nice part about doing this exercise is we'll bring to part two, which we'll talk about later, which is getting in touch with other people who can see the broader vision. Immediately once she mentioned some things, she mentioned hiking and just like being with her dogs and some other things. She was interested in doing similar work to me. So that operations management piece for a client, which when you do what I do, it doesn't necessarily matter so much what the client's business is. The parts that I do are coming in, creating order, creating systems, and helping to run the day-to-day. And inside a business, no matter what type of business it is, there are so many things that are the same. The need to deliver the product to the customer, the need for marketing, the need for customer service, the need for good people, the need for hiring, training, firing, all that kind of stuff is the same, right? The bits and pieces vary, but it's at its core the same. And so by doing a little bit of brainstorming, I was able to tell her, well, look, just those interests that you've put out, those are going to help you figure out what kind of clients to go after and look for. Because I could see you working with a travel and adventure company. I could see you working for perhaps a small company that does hiking, curated, bespoke hiking trips. They put together itineraries. They take small groups out and they do all of the planning, all of the logistics, getting people into these wonderful experiences that they wouldn't have found on their own. And there's so many of these little companies popping up and they need help with managing all of the bits and pieces. Because not only is it difficult to deliver a standard product to a customer, just a regular customer clicks by and then they get this either online product or something shipped to their house. There's a lot that goes into that. But when you add in multiple stops on a tour and you're working with 
all kinds of different vendors to provide the experiences to your guests along the way. That's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of moving piece help. And that could be a dream job for her to come in and to organize that. Same with pets. Pets are a huge market. People will pay loads of money for their pets to keep them happy and also to provide them with loads of things that they don't need. I mean, I know this. I was a pet owner for many years. All of my pets have passed now, but I had three dogs and a cat. And yeah, the sheer amount of spend that we do as humans on our pets is astronomical. So working for a boutique, small little company who provides some sort of pet, either products or services could be a thing that she's naturally drawn toward. Because again, when you love what you're doing, that's when it's not going to feel like work, right? That's when it's going to feel just so good to get up and to go off and to do that. So you can apply the core operations management to almost any business, but it's going to help if you start with businesses that you know that you're interested in. So right there, she's got some ideas for pet businesses, travel businesses, hiking and adventure type businesses. And it doesn't even have to be the actual business that she's going out and doing hiking or or traveling stuff. It could be just the providing services around it. It could be working for a place that makes incredible hiking products and gear. But at her core, I could tell that she's very much like me. She's a helper. She wants to help other people grow their businesses, help other people have good end results. Most of us feel good when we have a purpose. And for many of us, a purpose of helping others is the greatest thing that drives us. So you can find that in many, many different ways. And so I gave her some ideas and some examples around that. And that leads me to part two of this episode, which is the idea of getting out there and trying to find people who can see bigger than you can, whether it is sending me an email or a DM and asking me a question or other people online who are already kind of living the life that you want. Ask them some intelligent questions See if you can get a little bit of their time. See if you can study them and what they've done in order to help you go from expanding that small circle of understanding that you have now into a bigger circle of understanding. Because here's the thing. When I was back in the small circle, I had no clue that people would pay me to do what I do today. How could I know, right? And how can you know unless you talk to other people, unless you get out there until you try actively to expand your understanding? There are so many people who will pay for services that I just didn't even dream of back in the day. Couldn't have imagined because it didn't exist in the world that I lived in. It was only when I broke out of that world, expanded into a larger one that I realized, wow, I had no idea. And you can't know except by conscious expansion. So I would highly suggest just really, 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 we live in a world where there's more opportunity than ever to connect with other people, to learn about what other people are doing for a living in a way that will just blow your mind. We no longer live in a world where like jobs are super concrete all the time. Everyone knows what a teacher does or a doctor does, but we have all these other options for jobs that sometimes don't even sound real. I have not done this myself, but I would recommend getting on Google and YouTube probably and just doing some searching around jobs that people have like out there. I can't believe I get paid every day to do this. I can't believe that this is the work that I do. It's not always the stuff that we see on TV or in our reality show. When they put together stuff for TV that feels very for TV, there are loads of regular people out there doing jobs that are much 
much cooler than the ones that my high school guidance counselor would have led me to believe existed. I have a friend, for example, who is a geologist and I knew nothing about geology before meeting him. And just some of the things that he's been able to do, some of the travels that he's done, some of the places he's been, and just like the amount of time he spends outdoors working and in cool places is really, you know, really wild. It was eye-opening. I remember taking a geology class in university and it was incredibly boring. I hated it. I thought it was dull and a waste of time and kind of thought that geologists spent a lot of time in labs. I don't know why. That was my headwind at the time. But seeing how much of his life he gets to spend, yeah, in the office sometimes, but also just tramping around in the outdoors is really cool. Again, just mind expansiveness to understand other careers better, other options for us better in order to make more informed decisions about what we want to do. So to break it down into just a few steps, I would start with the brainstorm, list out everything you would love to be doing, no matter how big, no matter how small, if you did not have to worry about money. Then start to do some Googling, do some YouTubing, try to find people who are doing random cool jobs that you didn't know existed in areas that you maybe never thought to yourself was possible to have a job like that. And also spend some time online on Instagram, Twitter, whatever your medium of choice is, and go out there and find some people who are doing some cool things. See if you can start to develop connections with them, ask some intelligent questions, creep on their profiles, read the things that they have written, try to learn their journey and how they went from where they were to being in that career now. One last thing is just like, I really didn't understand when I was younger either, how much movement there is when it comes to careers. It's almost never this straight shot that they sort of made it out to seem like in high school, that it was just pick this major and then go into this job and then you'll do this job forever. It's really not like that. People try different things, experiment with different things. They stumble into different things. And a lot of it happens just by meeting the right person or the right company at the time and having an opportunity open up. So the same can exist in freelancing. If you start to expand your circle of knowledge about the options out there, almost a guarantee that things will start to move for you and things will open up and you'll start to be presented with more and more options that you really just had no idea were there. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can check me out online at Instagram. LiveWorkTravelIG is my Instagram handle. And you can always get a hold of me anytime by sending over an email to hello at LiveWorkTravel.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Take care. 